All I'm saying is, right, how can I be sexist? I've got a Princess Peach amiibo. Well, exactly. I have I have all of the, the amiibos. I have so many male amiibos, I can't hate men, possibly. You know, it's it's just, it's impossible. I've got Link, he's pissing out the arse. I've got Marth, he's got a floppy sword. I can't possibly hate anyone. That's it, that's it. I, I've actually, today after this, I've got to go down Best Buy because I pre-ordered a Zelda. And then I will hold it up and go, See? Everyone! Not sexist. Not sexist. I have a golem, so I'm not prejudiced against people with thin privilege. There you I, go. I have, I have um, a Kirby. I'm not sure what that says about gender. I, I don't know what Kirby's meant to be. That's all right. We'll work it out. We've got scientists dedicated to that very cause. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm Jim Sterling, and this is the Podquisition uh, podcast for thegymquisition.com, uh, which is a website you can look at if you want. I am joined, as always, by Laura Kate. Hello. Hello, I'm here eating food on the podcast again. I've got some chips coming. It's going to be bloody fantastic. Oh, this is going to be really exciting. At some point throughout the recording, Laura's oven is going to ding, and then she's going to take chips out of the oven, all all for the delight of the listener, and put chips on the plate and then eat the chips. So we've got that looking forward to. Should I I at some point do a review of the chips? Is that an important part of this week's show? Lord knows we need the content. So you've got that. At some point we will have a review of some chips. So that's exactly what you come to this video game podcast for, is for me eating chips on the air and being all blah, 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 eat food. That is stocked. You've got that guaranteed on the podcast already. Who says that your Patreon money isn't being spent well? We've also got Gavin, the miracle of sound. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Awesome, awesome. You're a kind of pop star, right, Gav? Yep. Yep. Absolutely, uh, yes. Mega, right, mega I've, famous. I'm bigger than One Direction. I've, I've got a, I've been working on a song. <laughs> oh god. Because you do go. video game themed songs, <laughs> um, and you've actually just released. It's out now, isn't it? Your new album. Yes, a thirty track album. As Laura That's, was yeah, so surprised. I looked at that. I was like, bloody hell, how many songs have you done? Um, all together with Miracle of Sound, like 140, 150. But in 2014, there were 30. Did you just hear the yeah. chips? The chips are done. Oh, I'm going to get chips. Yeah. Amazing podcast radio. <laughs> Laura's going to get chips. Um, but Gap, 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 Gap. Yes. For, your next, for next year's album, right? Mm. How about this song that I've been working really hard on, okay? <clears throat> I love your smile. How's that? That's a song about uh, Hitman. You know, I genuinely got a little bit of like 90s nostalgia there. <laughs> it's very 90s influence. It's 90s influence because, of course, Hitman, the original Hitman game, mm. was released in uh, 1994 uh, to help promote Saved by the Bell. Oh my god. Now, speaking of awesome theme tunes, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> That's true. I, I actually wrote uh, the theme tune to Saved by the Bell. You know what a lot of people might not know here is that me and Jim actually did make a song together once. We did do a song together A song for once. Cliffy. We did a song for Cliff Blazinski yeah. uh, called Epic Hole, um, because me and Cliff fell out uh, a while back, and um, that was a, a song I did to... Uh, Try to kind of repair the rift. Yeah, uh, I felt terrible doing it because I, mean, I loved the the song. The song, the what you did was incredible, and I felt like I was vandalizing it by singing <laughs> over the music. Well, I think if we ever do that again, you send me your vocal file and I'll mix it into the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and and you know I'll learn to sing and have an actual <laughs> recording um, 
quality that's worthy of being in a song. Uh, and many other things I'll do that will make that work. But anyway, uh, as you know, that I, I, I diligently work hard every week to write songs for you, Gav. Yes. And you can put them in your rocks, <laughs> you put them in your rock and roll album if you want. So that's, that's my gift. I've, I've also been working on a song this week because, uh, you know, the Amiibo song was just such a big hit. It was the, the clearly the high point of last week's podcast. Everyone was like, "We need it. We need an album from Laura. Laura needs to do like, like a whole album of songs for Gavin's rock and roll album." The success of your single was incredible. It actually knocked Afro Man's because I got high off of the Christmas number one charts. <laughs> well, you see, I have a very special song written, but here's the thing. It's a song that I can I can I can tailor it a little bit depending on what kind of mood you're all in. So, Gavin and Jim, what what's what games are you thinking about at the moment that yeah yeah, yeah games you're interested in? Um, Witcher Three. I've been playing a game called Dead State at the moment. It's um, a strategy RPG kind of thing on Steam. Okay, well I'm going to completely ignore Jim. Jim, your thing doesn't work with my song. So, Witcher Three. Witcher Three works for one of your rock albums, Gavin. So here we go. Here we go. Here's my song about Witcher Three. Okay. Witcher Three. It's fun to stay at the Witcher Three. Na 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 Witcher Three. Na 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 Witcher Three. We're all gonna go witching, man. It's gonna be bitching. Oh, I don't like that one, Gav. That's, that's terrible, That's, no. that's yeah. definitely oh. better than Wake the White Wolf, I feel. Work on your singing, Gav. Yeah. That's, you yeah. Know. Exactly. Re- you, you need to replace it with some well-thought-out lyrics, such as Witcher 3. And the na-na-na-na-na Witcher 3 was the bit I liked. Um, Witcher 3, a uh, female playable character announced this week. That is true. That is true. Mm, Siri. Uh, I haven't seen this. D- does does it look good? Is this a character you can play the whole way through? What's going on? Tell me the information. Words, no, I, Gav. I would imagine that she will only be in certain chapters because The Witcher is very. Uh, it's based on on lore of books about this guy Geralt of Rivia, and it follows a very. It follows a narrative, so I presume it'll be certain chapters you play as him and certain chapters you play as her. Well, this is exactly why I didn't bother to actually look at the pictures because someone told me that, and I was like. If I can play as a female character the whole way through The Witcher, then that's worth me being like, oh, let's make a decision between these two. But if it's like part yeah. of the game, uh, I'm sh- okay, I'll, I'll see but it when I get to it in the game, I guess. I think it's because The Witcher, it's not a game just set in The Witcher universe. It's actually about the main character in The Witcher books, who is Geralt. You know what I mean? Yes, but video games should cater entirely to my interests. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> v- video games should not be about anyone other than me, and I want to play the game that's The Witcher, but not with the character that The Witcher is about. Yeah, not only that, but they need to cater to exactly what I want and exclude anything I'm not interested in. And that goes for me and Laura, and if we both disagree on a certain bit of content, the game's got to somehow cater to us and exclude us both, and that's well, their problem I'm... to work out. And otherwise the... it shouldn't exist. Yeah. Well, see, here's how I'm imagining that this whole situation going is that, like, you know how cats always fall on their feet <laughs> and butter mm-hmm. always, like, toast always falls butter side down. I'm imagining that they've got to try and create a video game that is basically like if you dropped a cat with a piece of toast strapped to its back. Oh, that classic dilemma. It just kind of it just kind of spins around eternally, never hitting the floor because it can't possibly hit the floor because then one of the things is wrong. So you've got to make a game that is exclusively for me and exclusively for Jim 
and excludes what Jim wants and what I want mm-hmm. and still exists without ever existing. Here's how you do it. You get a copy of The Witcher 3 on, uh, you know, DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, I guess it is Blu-ray. They don't use DVDs anymore already. Um, terrifying. Uh, get a Blu-ray of The Witcher 3. Yes, you duct tape a piece of butter toast on one end, a cat on the other, and just rotate it in your house all day. No one can play it. You can't get the cat or the toast off. Therefore, it doesn't upset anybody because it's just spinning in your living room. (laughs) Well, Jim, I have, like, a serious suggestion for how we do this, and this is a very serious suggestion. Entirely serious, of course, mind you. I just should remind you it's very serious. It's what we're here for. Yeah. So you have a game... That essentially has some character choice options in it. Now, mm-hmm. that's going to upset some people because some people don't like choice when it's not what they want. So yeah. what you have to do is you tell the developer what you want in your in your game. Mm-hmm. They will then fill it into a little spreadsheet and they'll do the character creation. They'll create the game so it's right for you and then they'll ship you your copy and it will be perfectly for you and not for anyone else, and it's a very feasible plan. It's just like personalised T-shirts, but with video games. And, yeah, yes. I mean, so long as you put down, like, the $3 million down payment to cover costs, uh, they can do whatever you want. This is a good idea, and I really think it's workable, and I think Electronic Arts should jump on it. I think also if you uh, put a little thing at the end of the the email or letter saying, if you don't cater exactly to my tastes, I will call Target in Australia about you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll get you censored off the face of the earth, son. Um, that's that's fine. All they'll then have to do is ask very nicely to Gabe Newell and he'll fix everything. Yeah. Because that happened this week. Do we want to talk about hatred? Why not? Why not? That's... It's, Why not? I kind of really have been finding it really difficult to give a rat's ass about that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very apathetic. Here. I felt like I've got to talk about it just because everyone else is. I tell you what, it's the. I, I said this yesterday. The game itself, I don't find particularly interesting. Everything around the game fascinates me. The game itself yeah. is just so, um, like it's it's so desperate to shock it brings out the opposite reaction in me it's it becomes banal exactly. through exactly yeah, uh, through yeah. its extremity it felt really kind of juvenile as well and just like oh look how shocking we are but then you know that the, it, it it exactly worked for them because the game's website started freaking out over it and gave them so yeah, much publicity yeah. you know uh, one particular website may, made a point to say we won't be covering this game and then went and did five articles about the game I was like, "Well done, lads! You have done exactly." Well, what they the games, you to do. the traditional <laughs> games media, the mainstream, more mainstream games media, does love to um, have the classic stir, stir up a bit well, of that, you know, and have its cake and eat it too, and tell us this game is, you know, I mean, it's it's popular to hate on Polygon, and I'm not going to do that because I, you know, I like a few of the writers there. Um, but they they were also yeah I, re- I really like a, yeah, a lot of their but they were actually. also the website that that has like half of its articles praising Grand Theft Auto Five and giving it you know critical acclaim and half of its articles telling us what a shitty game it is uh, and how troubling it is and we should all tell it to fuck off and those two things can work together I mean I'm I'm someone who's talks at length about how you can still love a game and acknowledge its uh, more problematic elements. Um, and I think, you know, yeah. 
it's it's the only way to really appreciate the game is if you take it warts and all and acknowledge that it has its downsides and its issues. Um, but yeah, you do see that quite a few times in the gaming press where people will um, rush to praise and hype a game before it comes out and then give it some safety time and then come out and say, well, actually it was shit. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> for, for anyone that doesn't know about hatred, I feel like we should probably, you know, do a bit of actually talking about the game. So, sure. basically, pretty much Harris, Harrison Klebold simulator, isn't it? Yeah, it's like there is one trailer. I believe only one trailer for this game at the moment, and it is basically, I am the man with long black hair in the trench coat. I'm going to pick up the guns and the knives and the explosives and walk out onto this street full of innocent people, and I'm going to shoot all the people. And nobody's going to live because I want to die, so I'm going to kill everyone while I do it. And the the VA was in like it's incredibly bad. I just fucking hate it. My name is not that's important. That's actually a line in the game. My I name is McMahon, mate. <laughs> you you can unlock a gun in that game that like fires Fallout Boy CDs <laughs> at people. I mean, it is very nineties. <laughs> The the whole thing is very Todd McFarlane angsty fucking like it's trying to it tries to present itself as this I don't give a shit about anything um you know fuck political correctness fuck everything I I just fucking hate this yeah and but it does come it. across as very Roger Waters having a cry in the corner when you really <laughs> look at how truly angsty it is for all its don't give a fuck attitude. It's like at the end of each level when you finish it, he like bursts into doing some crab core. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he whips out his guitar and starts doing crabcore moves <laughs> I hate everyone um actually oh. is it is it Duke Nukem's voice actor because it sounds really like him I don't think it is I think they just found a man it sounds really like him I'm really sorry if I just offended Duke Nukem's voice actor although to be honest you kind of did that yourself yeah, with yeah he's, <laughs> he's a little Nukem bit forever <laughs> um yeah, the thing I think is interesting about it is less like the actual game, which is like, I personally am a little concerned about the game, but I'm a lot more concerned about the audience that are in the Steam forums for yeah. that game, because they're really creepy people. Like, the, the number one top thread on the Steam forums right now for that game is, hey, let's make a post about the social justice warriors in real life that we want recreated in this game so we can go murder them. Let's let's make a list of all the people we don't like to put in the game. And you read through that thread, they're kind of scary. The community scary. spent a long time trying to uh, let the Jack Thompsons of the world know that, that gamers, people who play video games, aren't horrible little monsters. Um, and, and, you know, weird, tiny sociopaths. And then I did have a look at some of the comments on Hatred uh, Steam uh, discussion groups and was kind of backed away very slowly. Uh, especially, you know, I know um, Movie Bob. I know Bob Chipman. And, and thus having people say, can you please put him in this game where we can fantasize about sticking a gun into his mouth and pulling the trigger uh, was very unsettling. Jesus. Um, but yeah, they want... And yeah, Sarkeesian in the game. They want Phil wow, Fish in the game. Yeah, it's very... Mm, uh, which is to say nothing of the forum, um, the, the forum thing begging them, like really invested in this idea of putting babies and children into it. Well, that's the thing. Is it's less that the game concerns me and more that like the... The company making it has done nothing to uh, to give me any confidence that they are the right people to handle this, and their community, quite frankly, scares me. And I, so. I think that's honestly... Hatred, that's a yeah, fun Yeah, I think thing. that's fair enough. I mean, just that if you don't know anything about the game, literally, it's a very... 
I guess Smash TV-ish in its kind of setup. It's this like kind of top-downy shooter where you are just murdering everyone. Like the the, the aim of the game is to kill civilians and police, and not really. And and in one way, and I'm going to talk about this because eventually I'll do a Inquisition on the whole thing. Because like I said, I find the world around hatred kind of very interesting. But in a way, I almost admire its honesty. Uh, when you compare it to games like Uncharted, where you're doing just the same amount of uh, uh, mass murder, but you're doing it for treasure. Uh, at least here, you're straight up saying, no, I'm just, this is just to let you feel like a, a nasty it psycho. Is, it is just a murder Yeah, and I, I kind of yeah. admire the, the upfrontedness of a game like that. I think there's po- there's potential for there to be a really cool game that does that in 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 a smart way well that's the thing i i completely doubt that hatred is going to be the game to do it but i think that there is there is room in the world for a really intelligent video game where it is blah 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 i'm angry shoot all the people i'm gonna kill all the civilians and then right at the end it turns around it's like oh yeah you know one of those faceless civilians you killed that was your mother and then the character has a huge emotional breakdown about how they'd were like, oh god, what did I do? And see, like there is potential. I doubt that there, is going to be it, but there, I think there, that there is, is a plotline like, yeah. very similar to that in in an extremely well known, very violent video game, mm. which I kind of don't. I don't know if I should I spoil the story I'd edge or away not. From it. But people don't like it. They stop yeah. listening. Yeah, what? but it's 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 it's. It's well done, and then it's not as well, but yeah. it well, I mean, can work. Yeah. It's, yeah, I just think it's one of those, like, I doubt Hatred is going to be the one to do it. Like, my suspicion is that Hatred is going to come out and be a quite a dangerously put-together game in some ways, but I think there is room for a game to do the whole, like, hey, desensitize you to violence, and then be like, oh, you desensitized yourself to violence, that happened. Yeah, I mean, well, games have about. come out that where you do players like, like, irredeemable uh, bad guys and I I find myself drawn to those games because I, I always find the villain in any story usually more interesting than the hero and the idea of games that let you play mm. as, as characters without redeeming qualities because so many games try and put some redeeming qualities in to make you feel okay about what you're doing which is in a way yeah. um, no less potentially troubling than a game that doesn't give you those prerequisites, that doesn't say, well, your enemies are masked masked ultra-nationalists, so they're bad guys, plus you can't see their faces, so you can feel perfectly fine about killing them. Uh, Whereas a game that makes you think a bit more about that, I mean, again, not saying that Hatred's going for that, because they quite clearly said they're not, but I find that potentially more interesting um and I'm, i think about games like kane and lynch uh, and there's not kane and lynch dead man is not a good game uh, but it is a game i find incredibly um, um enthralling it's something i played and found uh, fascinating as a game because you are playing two characters who really have no redeeming qualities they are not good men in the slightest they are selfish they are psychotic they are greedy they are thieves and murderers uh, and and it just it tells a very interesting story. Um, you know, the game itself is 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 rubbish, but um, I do have a, a huge amount of of respect for the first Kane and Lynch as something that put itself out there like that. I thought I thought Trevor in in Grand Theft Auto was was a, a pretty good, a pretty clever way of doing that as well because he was like to me. And people often, I think, misinterpret what GTA is trying to say. I don't think they're saying all this stuff is cool and that the characters are cool. Trevor, for me, was GTA's way of saying, 
this is the physical embodiment of the way people mm-hmm. play our games. The 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 human face upon the character you turn our characters into. Oh, no, that's that actually something sense? I pointed out. Because um, I always viewed him as Grand Theft Auto 3, given physical form of this, not only having the rampage <laughs> missions like the old games did, mm. um, but yeah, he was the kill prostitute for points um, guys. He was the... Complete yeah, he, psycho. Because <laughs> I, I view um, Grand Theft Auto V's three protagonists as reflections of the series in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got the gleeful psycho um, character. You've got the guy... You've got Franklin, who I view as a very GTA 4 protagonist, as someone who's aiming to be better, cleverer, more deep and interesting than mm. he actually is. Mm. Uh, and then you've got Michael as this kind of old-fashioned guy who wants to get out of all the, the shitty criminal stuff but can't quite get away from it and deep down mm. loves it. And I view Rockstar reflected in all three of those protagonists. Mm. I don't know if you guys found this as well, but um, I would usually... I hated Trevor at the beginning, and I won't spoil it, but because of his opening scene, mm-hmm. really soured me on him. But then the more I played the game, the more in the time between missions where I was just farting around, I would always pick Trevor. Because it felt like it made more sense to go on rampages with this crazy dude. And Whereas if I did it with Michael or Franklin, it just didn't feel quite right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys found that as well. Sorry, I had a, I had opinions, but the chips in my mouth. <laughs> I, think, um, it's, I think it's that kind of dissonance that made Grand Theft Auto 4 such a, an interesting problem. Um, because they really went out of their way to have a Franklin or a Michael-type character. But when you used him to go on rampages or do any of the really criminal stuff, it just... Nico Bellic was this amazing hypocrite, uh, really. There was no other way around it. I don't think yeah. that was their intention either, uh, but really? that's that, that was the end result. And having Trevor allowed them to... I mean, it's still have hypocrisies because exactly. at least this time, I think Michael and Franklin's various hypocrisies were deliberate this time. But they could put the really the stuff yeah. GTA is more famous for. They could put that all on Trevor's shoulders. Exactly, and if you're the kind of person who thinks about these things, which a lot of players don't, and that's perfectly fine. But if you are the kind of player who thinks about, oh, you know, this feels a bit weird for this character to be going on this rampage, then you can just go pick Trevor, and all is good. And go on your rampage running around in, like, <laughs> an old lady's, like, nightgown, <laughs> jumping on cars and blowing shit up. <laughs> Video games. Woo. Video games. Woo. There we yes. go. That's a, that's a transition for you. Fucking Woo. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet I made two nights ago about Far Cry 4, but I was like, I'm riding an elephant into exploding cars, firing my bright pink machine gun at baddies. And I, I got I to punch a Monet painting today, so thank you, video games, for that. What? Oh, Where did you get to do I that? I think it's called punchamonet.com, and it's like a Unity game oh, wow. in browser. And oh my God. it's based around a news story that like someone walked into a walked into a um, into an art gallery and just punched a Monet painting, and he got six wow. years in prison for it. And Someone's made wow. a game. So all you do is you just use the arrow keys to walk up to this painting, press spacebar, and you just repeatedly punch the shit out of this Monet. And it comes wow. up with a little counter to tell you how much damage you've, like, how much financial damage you've done to this Monet. <laughs> and it's wonderful. And can you see the, uh, 
does the painting like break and oh, crack? Oh yeah, she and get all the you get and... all the rips in the in the paint and it sort of tears apart and deforms. Wow. And it's wonderful. Wow. Just just search Puncher Monet. The other video games. Um, Thank you, video games. I would recommend yeah. checking out a game if we're on the subject of free browser games. I played one this week called Pornography for Beginners. Which is um, based on the UK porn laws. Oh, Jim! It's based on the. It's actually quite clever. It's based on the UK <laughs> porn laws that they had that ban you from ban pornographers in Britain from. Um, well, you guys know about that from from filming certain. That seemed like a very strange thing to happen in Britain. Um, I have to say, yeah, not under that Puritan prick Cameron. So anyway, what what do you what do you do in this in this game a, a game for beginners then? Pornography for beginners is. Um, a game in which you you've got various pixel-based representations of orifices <laughs> and uh, objects and um, lady parts and heads and, and various things, and you just shift them along like block style up and down a grid, putting things into things or stuff on top of stuff, uh, while making ethical pornography that won't offend. Um, the porn laws, so that you can have fun, sexy pornography that won't upset anyone. Um, so it's like, you know, there's like a yellow, um, a weird yellow drop shape, and you go near it and try and push it, and then you get interrupted with, I hope you know what you're doing with that wee-wee, and you've got to make sure not to put it on the lady, because then you're violating oh the God. laws. Um <laughs> But and there'd be like oh. like a um, a pixel based ass and a pixel based cock and you can push it up there and it's like brilliant anal's a top three sex you can do that no problem uh, it's it's very fun and, and witty and a nice little sort of satire of the UK porn laws and I do recommend people well, check it out. I now know exactly what I'm doing after this podcast. It's going to be a fantastic evening for me now. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> did you see the um, the face sitting protest about that? That was yes, very funny. yes, I did. Which is, it's the most politely British way yeah. to deal with that problem. <laughs> it's like I just felt like everyone, everyone at that protest needed a top hat. I think. Yeah, the lady with her cup of tea and her life for a ghost, <laughs> yeah. the, the face sitting on oh, her. That's husband. the thing. Brilliant. The the one thing that you know. There are a few things. I, I don't find taking pride in one's nation particularly edifying. But there are a few things that every now and then I'll see from Britain and, and I'll get a tiny little swell of pride. And Britain's uh, ability to come up with a a witty protest is something I will always admire. Um, as a nation, we are very good at, uh, at, at standing up for something in a way that makes you laugh. And, and in a polite way as well. Well, that's very nice. Oh, I have a video game to talk about this week. Now, d don't laugh at me when I tell you this video game that we're going to talk about. Okay. This is an iOS game. It's called Lindsay Lohan's The Price of Fame. I've seen you tweeting about this. I kind of am in love with this game because, like, okay, let's get this out of the way. It's a cookie-clicker clone themed around Lindsay Lohan. By all accounts, it should be the worst video game in existence. Except it's kind of not, because... To make a very long story short, you get several hours into this game and you're sort of swiping through all these faceless fans and not really paying attention to them and building up the game so that you can get more and more fans so quickly that like you're, it's happening without even you swiping, it's just going up without your control. And then it flips that on its head and it starts punishing you for having a large fan base and for being famous. <laughs> and by this point, your fans are going up so quickly that you cannot spend them fast enough to lower your score and 
things start going wrong and it's all, ah, well, you shouldn't be so famous if you don't want these things to happen and you can't stop yourself being famous because your fame's spiralling out of control. That actually sounds and it's clever. Kind of, it's kind of witty satire <laughs> hidden behind about two hours of cookie clicker repeatedly <laughs> swiping at your screen. Like You have to swipe for several hours and then all of a sudden it gets quite satirical. That's interesting. Uh, it's well, I for one, I for one, thank you, Laura, for spending that two hours so that we didn't have yes. to. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can't recommend it to anyone because it requires like two or three hours of just sitting there, cookie clicker, repeatedly mashing your screen, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, you're getting in loads of trouble, and you need like you need legal assistance, and you don't have enough like lawyer credits to spend on all these problems that are happening, <laughs> and it keeps just being like, well, if you weren't so famous, this wheel of misfortune wouldn't come up so much, and. You can't lower your fan base because it's going up by 50 million fans a second. And it's quite a good game. <laughs> so, that, yeah. that, that would be quite a interesting problem to have. Your fans are going up by 50 million per, per minute. That, that would be a pretty awesome problem to have. <laughs> well, at one point, like, I had more fans in this game than there are people on the Earth. <laughs> <That's>... Wow. <laughs> Like, I just kind of love the thought that, like, somewhere out in the world, Lindsay Lohan's PR people had to okay this, knowing that, like, at somewhere there was a meeting where it's like, okay, so it's a game about becoming famous, where, like, halfway around it is going to turn around and start punishing you for being famous, and that's the whole core of this, and they were like, yeah, we'll put Lindsay Lohan's name on that. Well, I mean, getting Lindsay Lohan to sign things off probably isn't that hard. You probably just, like... <laughs> Go here, Lindsay. Put the pen in her hand, and she goes and like squiggles a line, and she's like, "Yeah, there." She's you go. Frankenstein's monster. That's all <laughs> I can imagine now. Um, with that, that satirical impersonation. Um, okay, we're all Lindsay. What else have I? What, what else has happened? I played a game called Lisa, um, which is on Steam now. Came out this week. Um, and there's a bit of disclosure there because I'm in it. <laughs> Uh, so that's something you can do. That that's pretty d big disclosure there. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm, I won't be reviewing it or anything so, for that so, reason. So alone. you're going to do like an audio review on this podcast and talk about how it's the greatest thing you've ever played? Is that right? Well, look, I'm not saying that everyone should rush out and get it while it's in stores now for nine ninety nine. Uh, but <laughs> no, I mean it's. Now, can I just say, Jim? Reaction... You realise I can edit this and I can make it so you're just saying I am saying that. I can, yeah, I can have, yeah. I can, yeah, y your disclosure is going to be gone. This is going to be the end of your career, Jim. Probably keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, a game that, in all fairness, it's, reaction's very split on it. Some people are enjoying it a lot. Some people aren't liking it a lot. Um, NeoGAF sort of 50-50 on it. Some people in the comments for the video I did were mm, lukewarm. Uh, I've been enjoying it in all fairness, in all sort of disclosed bias bias fairness. Uh, I have been enjoying it quite a bit, but yeah, that's out. And if you're interested in some of the voice acty stuff I do, then that's something that I'm, I'm in. Gavin, Gavin, um, there is yes. only one way we can be fair about this podcast discussion. Yeah. You tell Jim this game is great, I'll tell him yeah. it's shit. Okay. And then you both say Wasteland 2 is great and tell everyone to go buy that. That yeah. sounds of good. Course. Oh, I've got some news about Ubisoft this week. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, God, here I... we go. <laughs> For fuck's okay. sake. Of course. <laughs> Okay, so Ubisoft came out this week. Um, there was a new patch for Assassin's Creed Unity that was basically saying, hey, this patch is going to fix all of the problems that really shouldn't have been there at launch. And their quote was, 
we we as a company are committed fully committed to releasing polished and uh, perfected experiences as as we release them and i had to stop and think okay well why didn't you test them and polish them before they went out if you're so fully committed to that that's my reaction to that yeah. um, ubisoft what the fuck are you doing yeah, this, is this the same patch that's been postponed indefinitely, or is that a different patch that's been postponed indefinitely? Goodness or was that I for know. a different God game? I, <laughs> I think there's one patch that's been postponed indefinitely on one of their broken games that well, they like to release. I know there's one patch they're, they're indefinitely um, putting aside, which is the patch where they've actually released their games fully finished. I think that patch has been indefinitely pushed back. I do think they should um, um, really be committed to making games that work at launch. Um, that's that's something I think... Oh, actually, I'm looking at NeoGAF right now. Um, one of the forum thread topics is Assassin's Creed Unity patch mistakenly 39 gigabytes on <laughs> Xbox One. No ETA on fix. <laughs> okay, so you can um... have your game working. You're just going to have to download like another game and a half's worth of data. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be at 6.7 gigabytes, which is... I really, at some point, need to talk about just how fucking bloated these file sizes are for games. Like, I've got no room on the Xbox One anymore every time I want a new game, because they launch at a ridiculous file size, and the patches over a whole bunch on top of that. But yeah, so already 6.7 gigs of fixes seems big to me. I was was kind of amazed when Mass Effect 3 got its patch for, like, the new ending, and that was, like, 6 gigs, and it was a photo slideshow and some voiceover. It's they don't compress. They don't bother trying to compress things anymore. It's like fuck it. We're in the age of digital distribution. Everything can be massive forever. Uh, and then you buy discs, even on physical discs. You put it in, and it's like hold on, forty gigs are coming your way. So you just sit there, put on a cup of tea for that game you just bought. Um, and we'll still have massive loading times as well. So fuck you. Um, that just seems to be the general air of AAA gaming uh, at the moment. But yes, um... You know how I, I think, some constructive advice I think for the AAA games at the moment is, um, I, I kind of like the structure of a lot of them, but give us less stuff, but give us more good stuff that you have time to make it good. I mean, I'm, I love, I'm really loving Far Cry 4, right? But there's no way I'm ever gonna do everything in that game, because there's just so, so much, much of collecting it. There's so much stuff. What, what? Yeah, but the core, the, 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 there are parts in that game that are so, so good. And if the entire game was just those parts, it wouldn't have to have all the extra stuff in it, but I would still like the game equally as much without all the extra fluff. Yeah, you know? probably. I, I mean, I, I think that less can be more, and there are games that can outstay their welcome, and there are games that... Like, yeah. one of my big problems with Far Cry 4 was it was just packed with so much fluff that did nothing for me. If it were a tighter game, yeah. if they'd have brought everything together a bit, pulled the drawstrings on it, I'd have probably enjoyed it a bit more, because it does do fantastic things, but just broken up with all this fluff. Well, it's, it's like, as much as as much as I enjoyed playing through Alien Isolation, was it? I love that game, but again, that was mm. another great example of I would have enjoyed it more had you cut some of the fluff out the middle. And some people do say it's too long, definitely. I mean, I enjoyed it from beginning to end, but it's a fair comment. 
I definitely feel like there was like, oh, you could have trimmed a good couple of hours off of that and maybe had the pace be a bit better. Well, I think one thing is the audience has become so obsessed with length. Like, whenever I used to do reviews uh, on Destructoid, there was always a comment that's like, how long is it? How long is it? How long is it? And it's like, I never really care about length until it is too short or too long. And it really feels that way. And that's Mm -hmm. contextual. That's based on certain games. I mean, Kane and Lynch um, Dog Days was four hours long. And it had done nothing with those four hours, so it felt incredibly short. Whereas a game like, you know, Portal is a game they often bring up as a game that's um, perfect for its length. And that's about the same amount of time. It's about four hours long, but it does so much. I thought Portal Portal, I thought Portal 2 had a much better length management than Exactly. Portal it's 1. all about management. Um, no, doesn't matter how long a game is. It's how structure, and pacing, pacing well, management, like these are more important yeah. than just length. It's like, what do you do with your time? Not what yeah. the time is. This is why I never get into MMOs, because it's like there is thousands of hours of stuff to do. I don't want to do any of it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> like, I've, yeah. I've taken to using the word content in quotes in my reviews so much lately, because that's all it is. It's like, let's just put in content. This nebulous idea of stuff. And and I feel it's ruining certain games, and I'm seeing it a lot in... It's become so popular in AAA games. Like, as much as I've been loving Dragon Age... Every now and then I have to just shut it down and leave because it's too overwhelming with just stuff. Mm. Pick up these shards, do these um, astronomy puzzles. Can I give you some huge advice, Jim? Yeah. Leave the hinterlands. Just <laughs> fucking leave the hinterlands. Go, I, leave. Yeah, I, Go I, somewhere I else. The game really picks up when you when you just bugger off and leave I all that stuff undone. <laughs> but I am learning to just like ignore huge amounts of content just to keep enjoying it um, because yeah, I do get, love the stuff that the mainline stuff. But games yeah. nagging you is definitely a big problem in the last year. Nagging you to do other shit. Yeah, like it's pop ups and reminders and and Assassin's Creed Unity was a big issue with that. Every time I paused, it would be reminding me to do something. Uh, and I actually had to go into options and turn notifications off because it was even, it was fucking with quests. It's like I was trying to read some text that was to do with a quest and a pop-up covered it, telling me that I could go do this mission or that mission and shit. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> and it's bad enough. Like Ubisoft's got this big problem of, of needing like a half a dozen filters for its world map. Because if you leave it without filters you can't see the map for the amount of stuff that's all over it. The amount of icons for different missions and quests and things to pick up and people to talk to and, and things to, to unlock. Like, it's it's too much. And But we've become so content-obsessed that I don't see it changing anytime soon. But well, here's the thing, Jim. People won't buy a game unless it's got a good megabytes or hours to dollars ratio. It's like... How many megabytes am I getting for my money? How many how many minutes do I get to spend within this thing? Because mm. otherwise, it it can't be a good experience unless you spend a, a huge amount of time there. Like the queues to get onto a, a theme park ride, it's no good unless it's lo- a long queue because the length is better. Yeah, pretty much. It's like vid- video games are all turning into The Hobbit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've got no problem with. You know, the the stereotypical idea of the 80-hour RPG. I mean, if you've got the time to invest in it and it's time well spent, 
I'm fine with it. It's when the games are stretched to be that long without being able to justify it. That's my issue. And you know, you know what game really for me was pretty much still is actually the pinnacle of pacing is Half Life Two. Mm-hmm. I, that I can game, see that. From the minute you begin it till the minute you end it, feels like such a journey, and they're always introducing something new in each area you get to. And I just, I thought it was so unbelievably well paced. Uh, I, I I would agree with that. It's one of those f- comparatively few these days games that mm. did did stuff with its time. Like it wasn't mm. sitting on its hands at any point. It's like, well, we've got an hour to fill. What are we going to do with it that's productive? Mm. Um, and so many games don't do that anymore. It's more like we've got five hours to fill. Let's just fill it uh, and and not really pay any mind to to what we fill it with. Um, there's there's something to be said for for being discerning with your content and and it's something I think games are forgetting and that's why they're now 50, forty fucking gigs big and bloated with shit nobody needs to play. Wolfenstein did a pretty good job this year, I felt. Oh, the the new order. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that that did a good job with the whole pacing things out. Yeah, yeah, I liked the new order. Uh, you know what else? You know what else did a really good job of pacing? Mm-hmm. That plate of chips I've been eating during this podcast. <laughs> Very well paced. It's like, we should have a new game. Guess whether Laura's internet's gone down or chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I ate my whole thing of chips. It was a thing of McCain oven chips. I put them in at 210 degrees Celsius for about 18 minutes. Very consistent plate of chips. I had one that was burnt for no reason in the middle of the pan. Don't know if that's a problem with the chips or my oven. I'm going to assume it's the chips and blame the chips on this one. McCain, stop your chips burning when they're in the middle of my pan. What's going on with that? Otherwise, not much progression, but very well paced. Consistently good quality. Chips out of chips. For our American listeners, we are indeed referring to French fries. Oh, sorry, French fries. I'm sorry. We, we call them I'm chips, sorry that, and we call yes. your chips crisps. I'm sorry that you have a stupid language that doesn't make sense, American people. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my French fry review. There you go. Is that better, Jim? Yes. Now you're one of the Americans. Yes. Someone I... asked me a question there on Twitter. Now, now that Jim's moving to America... Yeah, I saw this. Is Jim not already in America for like the last few years? It's it's a did did they also say is Podcastle ending? Yes. Yeah, of course they fucking did. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's a joke that is older than my moving to America. Oh, okay. um, I used to do a podcast for Destructoid called Podcastle with um, a, a guy called Wardrox and um, Lauren Wainwright. And before I moved to America, everyone kept asking, is the podcast going to end because he's moving to America? And now every podcast I do for the past, I mean, how long have I been in this country now? Five, six years. Uh, every time I do a new podcast or just I could cough and someone will make the joke. It's... It's been so many. It's been half a decade, and I still get the same jokes. That's fine. We'll move away from the joke then, because I have an update on the French fry review. Uh, oh, this god! Is a very important update. Um, while I was loading the the French fries into the oven, I have clearly accidentally dropped one. Oh, so shit. there is one frozen French fry that has been defrosting on my floor for let's see what's how long are we into this podcast? For about an hour now, this uh, chip has been sat on my floor. So what you want to know is, is it is it edible? <laughs> well, I'm sure it's edible. It's no longer rock solid. Do we review this while we're here? 
Why not? I, go, I mean, come on, we, we've got to think about the Metacritic score oh. at the end of the day. Yeah, you could seriously damage the um, the Christmas bonus of this chip company, Laura, if you review their chip as without being cooked properly. Yeah, let's think about the ethics there. Well, I've taken a bite of it now, so it's getting a review. It's, oh, part, of, it's part of the chip podcastery. Um, definitely not as enjoyable cold. Um, <laughs> it, it hasn't gone. It hasn't gone light and fluffy on the inside. It hasn't got that outer crisp coating. It's just sort of very cold and and solid and dense inside. It's it's really not how a French fry is meant to be eaten. And <laughs> while that sounds like it's my problem, I think that if McCain are going to sell these French fries uncooked, they should be edible uncooked. And this is just not a good French fry. I'm sorry. This is completely. You know, I was enjoying these french fries so much until this this one, and now it's just all ruined. Oh, God. Well, I mean, look, I stand by your review. Uh, obviously, we're going to have fans telling you that you didn't play the chips correctly, but I... I, I, well, I, I, have to, I have to experience everything the chip has to offer. I can't just know that there is a, fun, like a, a part of the chip experience, the frozen chip, that I have not experienced. Like... How can I give it a fair score without knowing what it's like in this form? Like, knowing, like, oh, there's a piece of chip <laughs> content, a piece of French fry content that I have not explored that might affect my score. And you know what? It did affect my score. Zero out of French fries, fuck off. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, of course, the, the zero out of French fries, fuck off, is the lowest score that we have on Podquisition. Um, mm. So this is going to be very controversial. I mean, I hope you uh, uh, uh Prepared for that. There's obviously going to be backlash on Twitter and Facebook, uh, but but I will I will stand by my score, and I I expect my co-host to stand by me. I am a I'm an ethical reviewer, and I think that was a zero out of French fry. Fuck off, if ever I've seen one. Well, I mean, so long as they don't email McCain and get them to pull ads from the gymquisition.com, then I <sighs> will be fine with it. So. So let's just but batten down I, the I've hatches. Just, I've just had a look on the gymquisition.com. There are no adverts. They've already done it. <gasps> oh, Jesus Christ. What are we going to do without that ad money? Mm, you've got to change the review. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It is now... It is now... Just let, let's let split the difference. Go with smash out of bird's eye potato waffles. They're waffly versatile. <laughs> <laughs> Should, should we just ask McCain? McCain, what do you want me to score it? I'll give you that, that score. Yeah. Please give us back the advert. Buzz me an email. We'll get that sorted out for you. You guys get your bonus. And uh, we can put this whole thing behind us. Dear McCain Sweet. oven chip makers, I'm very sorry I gave you zero <laughs> out of French fry fuck off. I won't do it again. Please give us our adverts back. We'll be very nice to your French fries in future. Signed, the podquisition, because you're all going down in this boat with me. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so, so we've sold ethics. We've we've solved ethics forever. Uh, there's very little that this podcast can't do. Guys, speaking of things this podquisition has yet to do, mm -hmm. we just got a great question on Twitter. What game brings out the best in gamers? I think that's something we have not talked about, is the nice mm. things about gamers. And I certainly know my answer for, for those games. I don't know what you guys think. Nice things about gamers. Oh, no, but games, hard. games, games that bring out the best in gamers. Yeah, I can't. Actually, okay. I do have an answer. Journey. I should stop being so mean. I do have an answer. Katamari Damacy. It's a game that makes people smile and love each other and try and roll each other into up into giant planet-sized balls. I think that's what humanity's best at. That's a good answer, I think. Yeah. Gabe, yeah. you said um, Journey. I said Journey. 
obviously, but also I think you see both of the extremes in the Dark Souls series. I was going to bring up Dark Souls. You see the best (laughs) and the worst because there's so many people in Dark Souls who literally just go in there to help other people. And then there's so many other people who go in there to troll other people. I think you see the best of the worst in Dark Souls. I think it's it's interesting in in the the Souls games because there are certainly trolls. I think you're going to get like people out to troll in any situation. But I do get the sense that given the choice between helping someone and hurting someone in a video game, most people uh, edge towards the help. I I genuinely think that. I think Peter Molyneux um, said this himself, like with, with Fable, where given the choice between the good path and the evil path, Rather than people indulging their dark side and doing all the evil stuff, he observed that most people trended good. Yeah. Uh, and I tend to find that it's difficult to be, a, even as someone who, as I said earlier, I, I find villainy more interesting and I do tend to dabble in dark paths and, and yeah. evil paths in games where and when I can. I do have difficulty sometimes doing it. It depends how the, the game's set out. For instance, Espe- like, Especially if you're interacting with a, a real person. Yes, um, interacting with or, or people who are written to have personalities beyond just being generic uh, villager in game. You know yeah. that you could go play like Overlord and, and subjugate and stuff. Um, you know, and I find that difficult in games like uh, BioWare stuff or even Bethesda stuff, where just doing the evil path often means being rude to someone, and I can't do that. I can't just be an asshole to someone. I could I could dominate a village and slaughter its townsfolk and erect myself up as, as the tyrant king, but I can't be a dick. <laughs> well, here's the thing, like, I would tend to agree with you that most people who play online with each other and do those kind of things do tend the good way with other people. Now, the last time I played Journey, that wasn't me. Um, the last time I played Journey, I was horrible because I found someone, I showed them through the level and showed them all the secret things, and then I took them to an area where there was nothing secret and made a big fuss and kept doing my, like, come look at this motion. And because I'd made them trust me, I spent 25 minutes being like, find the thing there's a thing here there's a thing here and they couldn't find it because there was nothing yeah laura you have you you just there now have um diminished your right to ever say gamers are mean ever (laughs) (laughs) that person probably doesn't trust another human being like ever anymore i think that's exactly why i get to say gamers are mean though i've been the mean gamer like that's the last time i played journey i was deliberately mean and i found it they're probably still there Guys, I don't know if I live in some kind of fucking alternate universe or something, but I just have, I play online a fair bit and I'm on the internet a lot and I just don't meet all these awful mean gamers people talk about. Where are they? Because I don't meet them. (laughs) I'm usually lovely when I play games. That one time I thought that would be quite amusing. I mean, you you do bring up a point there, Gam, and I do, (laughs) I try and be optimistic and everything and I do tend to think that most people who play games like most people try and do the right thing and try and be lovely people yeah. and try and be nice um and and it's odd that i feel that we are mentally drawn towards negativity and generally mentally drawn towards yeah. trying to provide uh, positivity uh, and those two things kind of undermine each other because we focus so much on people who are our souls uh, while most of us i feel try yeah. 
even if we fail sometimes, try not to be assholes. And it's, you know, that's that's people for you, and that's that's the philosophy of the week. Oh, is that a thing on the podcast now? We've got a philosophy of the week. It has been every week. I thought I thought when he said that he meant the philosophy of weak people. <laughs> it's I was like, like next week's out. philosophy of the week. Don't be so weak. Yeah. Strength uh, through unity. <laughs> no, unity's not a very strong thing. Well, no, I mean, it's got a 40 gig patch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, video games, did we have any other of those that we felt particularly drawn by? I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm playing Dead State, possibly going to try and review it. I don't right. see why people are so excited about it. Everyone's been talking about it in the PC gaming sphere, but it, I'm surprised it wasn't in early access. It feels very unfinished, but it's interesting and fun, but I'd rather play State of Decay, which I really need to replay, because that game is awesome, and if they bring that out, if they do a redo, like a remastered version of that for PS4 or Xbox One, I'll buy the shit out of that again, and I'd like it on the PS Vita as well, please. Oh, oh, I've got a question from Twitter that I think is quite good. Mm-hmm. What is humanity's mm-hmm. greatest achievement? Chocolate Hobnobs, or Iron Bull? Ooh. I think the answer is pretty <laughs> obvious there. It's boss. obviously Hobnobs. Yeah, I'm I am bull as well. Con- controversial. controversial. Still can't do it. Hey, boys! <laughs> you just gotta go very like this. Jim, do Sarah. Uh, can you do a Welsh accent? I probably do. Could. Sarah. I mean, I, I can. I can certainly. I can certainly sound like a girl elf, but not Sarah. Um, who's she's grown on me so much as a character. I thought I'd hate her. Has I she, thought she'd be annoying. Has she grown on you? I like Sarah. She seems to be the brunt of a lot of hatred, but I actually quite liked her character. Not sure I liked her yeah, as a person, but I liked fun. the character. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm still enjoying Dragon Age Inquisition, still playing it here and there um, when I got the time. Um, yeah, currently rolling around with... Um, I actually ended up swapping Iron Bull out. Um I thought I'd be sticking with him forever, but currently oh. using Dorian, Sarah, and Cole. And it's a very effective team with me as the kind of two-handed warrior. Oh, I was gonna, I was there gonna go, but you've no tank. And then it occurred to me, of course, he's the tank. Damn right, I'm the tank. And I go around going, boys. Still to be fair, I did find in this game the two mage setup is as useful as it was in the previous two, which is way more useful than any other setup. Two mages is just yeah. I might try that out. The ideal because I was struggling until Dorian got um, a fire staff. I was using an ice staff, which is kind of not very good against the undead, and I was in an undead heavy area. And then I got this really powerful uh, staff that did flame. The marsh. Yeah, uh, the the exalted lands, and just destroyed everything. And the current party I have is is just decimating stuff. Um, and now I'm wondering, maybe I should take out um, Cole if I get bored of him. Because I, I like Cole's uh, uh, specific chart, skill tree. Um, but if I were to put in another mage, because um, you know, I've heard so much about the two mage thing, is devastating. But we'll see. Oh, uh, if anyone from Bioware is listening to this, guys, could you do us a huge favour and patch in... Um, a little tutorial text that explains how the spell combos work because they need to be better explained, I think. Because they're so cool when you get them to work, but 
they're not really ever explained to you in game. I love that you say if anyone from Bioware is listening, as if anyone who works for Bioware and actually is anyone important in the games industry was willing to listen this far into this podcast. <laughs> I, you'd be surprised. Hey, I've, got, I've got fans. I've got fans in Bioware. You'd be surprised. Um, you know, the the when I used to do. Uh, the Destructoid podcast, we'd spend like two hours just talking about putting things inside Jonathan Holmes's anus. Um, <laughs> I get people from a very diverse, you know, people who told me like, you can't tell anyone this because I've got a reputation to think about. You can't, can't tell anyone I listen to you guys. But yeah, I mean, there are people who have worked at, um, Sony, EA, um, people with ties to Bioware games who have listened to my stuff before. And now that I do a podcast that's actually about games... You can be sure there's also people from Ubisoft who oh, listen to God. this podcast. Okay, so <laughs> if, if any of you yeah. work at Ubisoft and you're listening to this podcast, um, question question number one that like I want on a st- stamped addressed envelope sent to me. Why? Just, just, just why? Why Ubisoft? Yeah. And then you can send that in to me. And we'll read it out on the podcast, and you'll be you'll be podcasting. <sighs> Gavin especially wants to know. He hates you guys. Yeah, he thinks he thinks you're shit. He thinks you have no redeeming qualities of, at all. I hate I hate you guys. <laughs> just like yeah, exactly. You, you you hate Ubisoft, as you've just said there. You hate those guys. For for the record, for everyone listening, I like yeah. Ubisoft. Always yes, have but liked you have Ubisoft, said, and will again, continue to like edit, Ubisoft. You've, you've said the but word we'll hate, also, so I can re-edit that. But we'll also continue. But can also continue to wish that the games are released in better condition, as I'm sure yeah, many people I mean, for, in Ubisoft for better condition, like I, I read good condition, um, working. Um, but yeah, no, no, yeah. Gav, Gav appreciates Ubisoft, which makes for interesting discussion on the podcast. And hell, I've, hell, if I haven't been enjoying Far Cry 4, man, I've been, I've put 30 hours into that game so far. Yeah, Far Cry 4 is a thing; it does stuff. It is what it is. Oh, oh! Uh, you know, this is this is reminding me of every chat I have on Steam with Gray because it's like I try very hard not to be cynical. Go on, give <laughs> into the cynicism. This is the entire point of this podcast: is to break you down and Never. turn you into a dirty, great Never. cynic who swears at everything and talks about how everything Never. is shit. And we'll get there. Give us long enough, we will get there, and we will turn Never. you into a huge cynic. And it will be hilarious, <laughs> and it will be wonderful, and your entire worldview will be shattered forever. 2014 on Twitter could not turn me into a cynic. You, you guys <laughs> don't oh, have oh, a hope. Uh, you you want to bet? Well, we're going to have to step up our podcast game. Um, next week on the podcast, we are literally just going to be like, Gavin, 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 talk about how you be soft shit. <laughs> Gavin, do it. And we'll just do that for the rest of these shows. <laughs> I deal with this bullying. <laughs> you will be broken, Gavin. I am reporting well, you to God. Target on us in Australia, Laura, and they're going to make sure your articles are never <gasps> published that! in Target in Australia. Oh! No, it's, it's, it's almost like censorship, except nothing like censorship for them to not have my articles in their shop. Don't do that. I don't know, that's a fair point though, because none of the books I've written, none of my erotic novellas are in any Target, and I, I would like that fixed. You know, pulling pulling GTA from Target might not be censorship, but you know what it is? Fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, like I... They have, they have every right to, but I think that their reasons for doing so are a little bit... 
Well, I think it was the same um, with mm. with hatred. As much yeah. as you know, we've said we don't care for the game. Like St- Steam stepping up for that one game when there are actual broken con job games on Steam, many of them, um, just was a bit. It's like I'd rather them deal with with shit that goes up that's plagiarizing other people's games or shit that's. <laughs> They've, they've taken your criticism on board and they're like, oh, you're right, Jim. We'll put hatred back. We'll completely go back on our stance of we, do, we don't want this on Steam. This is not the kind of thing we want on Steam. We'll go back on that and put it back on Steam. And maybe we'll focus on those other games. We, we probably won't, but but we'll do the first part yeah. put hatred back on Steam. So it's a shut up and here's Air Control 2 for you. Won't that be nice? Um, anyway. You know what's interesting about that whole Steam Greenlight thing? are about how many of the kind of broken indie games are coming up on Steam. I wonder how, if they were to start deleting them, how they could then justify leaving up the broken AAA games. So what they really need is for these indie games to have 40 gigabyte big patches, and then everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm pretty sure Rust has had like 40 gigs <laughs> of patches right. since I downloaded um, On that note, <laughs> we have, we've gone over an hour. People are getting their goddamn yep. money's worth. So Sorry for boring you all for this one. Yeah, long. I'm sorry for everything. Well, now, see, you're uh, gonna and... t- you're gonna turn out to be a liar because I'm gonna do the edit on this podcast and we're gonna push it down to like 50, 58 minutes and you're gonna look like a dirty great liar, Jim. Oh. Well, I think what we should do is just bring out five minutes and then have the rest as a separate patch. Okay. That's 40, That's a really 40 gigs. Idea. I could probably like fill it with enough well, extraneous sound. You know, you know what five minute long DLC we can, a patch we can bring out? A five minute extra episode which is basically just all the times where someone has said something and I've re-edited them to sound like they're saying the opposite thing. Like when I make it sound like Gavin says that he's calling Ubisoft shit. Not that you have to edit that because he said that. Exactly, that was exactly how he said it. And you'll be able to hear that in its unedited form in the bonus patch for the podcast, obviously. Yeah, so Gavin, just, I mean, like, I've criticised Ubisoft, but God, lay off. It's starting to sound like a hate campaign. Um, (laughs) (laughs) On that note, um, that's a good point to wrap things up. Sue, Laura, people have listened to the podcast by now and think, this is brilliant. I love the way she reviewed chips. What else can I see of her and how can I support her? Uh, If you like me reviewing chips and you want to see me review other bullshit that I shouldn't be reviewing, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz where you can fund me to do reviews such as Peppa Pig Pasta Shapes review or occasionally writing intelligent stuff about like, hey, here's video games and why people have gone to Let's Plays due to the competitive barrier to entry that's keeping people out of the medium and I bounce back and forth between those. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Laura Gay Buzz, and if you Google me, you'll find I do like 50 billion podcasts, so just go look all those pieces of shit up. Excellent salesmanship, <laughs> excellent. Um, Gavin, how about you? Where can people see your stuff? Well, you can find me on Twitter, at Miracle of Sound, where I inadvertently, unintentionally end up offending someone every day with something I say. And you can also buy my album on Bandcamp, which is just out, and it's got 30 songs for 10 quid, which, come on, is pretty much a steal. That's fantastic, man. And that, does, that doesn't mean you should go and steal it, which most people are. But it did hit number one in Bandcamp, Ooh. which is awesome. And it's not just because I work with him, but yeah. I think it's awesome. So, yay, Gavin, you made 30 bits of cool stuff. Ah. Uh, 
Thank Definitely you. check that out. Here's, here's my disclosure. <laughs> I, I work with, with Gavin on a podcast that we both do, and we, we kind of work together on that. So disclosure, if you didn't know. That was an extremely corrupt, that was an extremely corrupt review that you have my album. Okay, I'll tell people it's shit if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you should review my album, Laura, on the next one. Do a two-minute okay, review. Okay, okay. I'm going to start working on this by next week. I will do a review of your While album. eating chips. <laughs> I will have chips. a chip in my mouth during every word. <laughs> and that's that. You could do what, Jer- you could do what Jeremy Jans does with alcohol. You know, his reviews always end with, like, um, do you need alcohol to enjoy this movie? Uh, you could do Do You Need Chips to enjoy this game, this album. Like, to enjoy this album, how many chips do I have to have shoved into my ears? <laughs> <laughs> All the chips. <laughs> okay, yes. Jim. Um, try to end it about right, five sorry, times. <laughs> That's fine. It's all, it's all, again, it's the AAA thing. It's all content. Even if it's padding, it's all content. And that's what people want. Thanks to this, my edit will now probably be an hour long. So that's good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, If you want to keep supporting the podcast and and all the other rubbish I do, then I'm on Patreon as well, Patreon slash Jimquisition. You can check out reviews, videos, all sorts of fun things at thejimquisition.com. That's with a the, thejimquisition.com. Don't go on just Jimquisition because that's where the hentai is. And on YouTube, (laughs) um, my YouTube channel is just Jim Sterling, youtube.com slash Jim Sterling, and you can see plenty of daily videos and stuff there. And that's that. Thank you, and we will see you again whether you want us to or not next week bye 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 bye